Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. song by Hadaway it came out years and years ago but it used to go what is love baby don't hurt me well that is the new theme song for Monday Night Raw but instead of saying what is love you say what is raw and then it's just question mark question mark question mark question mark because recently it doesn't make any sense but my name is Simon Miller welcome to what culture wrestling and I suppose it's my job to try and connect those dots which is why we're going to take the finger of power and we're going to give the good bits a down and we're going to give the bad bits an up and if you're now saying Simon you got that wrong well I'm just mimicking what WWE is now doing every single week what a card I am let's up those doubts with T-Bar and Mace cutting another promo about extinction, even though so far they have made nothing extinct. They're also painting their faces now. And honestly, I couldn't tell you why. Like, if you'd never watched the show before and you sat down, you'd go, well, why are they called Mace and T-Bar? And why are they putting face paint on? And even someone that has been watching the show for years would have to go, I have absolutely no idea. They just want to do it. At least with the Road Warriors, you could cite Mad Max... With someone like the Ultimate Warrior, well, he was just nuts. We then had Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre bumping into each other backstage, and Braun was incredibly offended and incredibly insulted because Drew had never said thank you to him. So my word, Braun, you need to get a real problem. You get mad when someone calls you stupid, and now you want everyone to be polite. And then Drew McIntyre kind of followed this because Braun Strowman called him kid, and he was like, don't call me kid, I'm an adult. Just to make you really ask what is going on too, we had... The same match as we had last week, two more times, and have a guess how many clean finishes we got. That's right, zero. So three of the contests ended in disqualification, and the other one ended in a counter. Also, bring it down, there it is. The DQ board. Which rolls up to 23, and WWE was actually doing okay with this in 2021, but the last week or so, it is just rocketed up to the moon. He also, yes, was nonsense. Strowman came out and decided he didn't need to have Drew McIntyre as a tag team partner, so just magically went flam, and now it was Braun Strowman versus T-Bar and Mace. And when T-Bar and Mace double team too much, the referee just went, describe again. McIntyre then decided, oh, well, now we will have the tag team match. And yeah, that one ended 
via countout. It was just the whole shenanigan fest too. Like Drew McIntyre went to clothesline either T-Bar or Mace and he hit Braun Strowman and then T-Bar snuck back in the ring and the ref went 10 and Drew and Braun looked at each other like, oh no, I mean, who could possibly care? And I don't like to be this guy because I am a positive Pete, but what a pointless start to Raw. We didn't move forward at all. We didn't achieve anything. Therefore, it's going to get it down. Commentator Adnan Vink has also clearly been told to be 10 times more excitable because he was just all like, whoa, oh, I can't believe it, and shouting the entire time. And then, of course, Drew McIntyre went to Adam Pearce and said, I want to have a match against Braun. I want to have a match against Braun Strowman later. And Adam Pearce went, yeah, okay, I don't even care. What is going on, too? Are we stuck in some kind of a time loop? And if we are, can somebody give Bill Murray a call? Because I think he has experience of this when it comes to Groundhog Day. But it was then Miss TV, and I'm 99% sure it was the same Miss TV that we saw one week ago. Down. And even though Maurice wasn't here this week, Elias and Jackson first Commander Riker are just back with the Miz for some reason. And John Morrison has returned, but nobody told us why we didn't see him seven days ago. And they all started to sing a song about Bad Bunny until Damien Priest interrupted. This time he has some friends in the New Day. And if you're asking yourself, oh, well, how did Damien Priest and the New Day become buddies? I don't know. There was no conversation. There was no interaction. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen these three even look at each other on Raw, but now they're just in a tag team. As ever, the New Day made the best of a bad situation because they had a bunch of rotten tomatoes who just started throwing them at the bad guys. And because I'm a giant child, that made me laugh. And of course, all of this led to a tag team match because everything on Monday night somehow leads to a tag team match. And to be fair, that was fine. I mean, maybe a little long, but up. The best part was when Miz distracted the referee, John Morrison went and got some of these tomatoes and started hurling it into Kofi Kingston's face. And once again, I was chuckling away because I am eight years old. And at least we built to Damian Priest getting a hot tag. Out of all of these guys, he should be the superstar. He should be the one we're focusing on. And thankfully we did. There was a good near fall after a spin kick and a broken arrow. And even when Xavier Woods was in there and he was doing dives and he was doing missile drop kicks. Do you know how this ended? It ended with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. A surprise roll up. So if you are keeping count, it went what? Disqualification, count out, and now this. And we beat Riker here too. Are you telling me that none of these three guys could have hit Riker with their big move to get the win. And I get that he's friends with Picard, but come on. It also means because we did this as a shock victory, we're going to get the same thing next week, or at least a variation of it. And I, for the life of me, can't tell you what they're even upset about anymore. Sonya Deville was then on Raw, and she was welcoming back Charlotte Flair. That's right, let's get our calculator watches out. After getting suspended last week, the Queen's total time off was... Zero days. Because she was on the show last week and now she's back on the show. Also, we saw Sonia and Charlotte walking in the backstage area here and they were moving so slowly, I think somebody in production actually hit the John Morrison entrance effect button when he goes all slow-mo too. It was really, really weird. We then zoomed to the ring and yes, Sonia Deville said what happened to Charlotte Flair was an absolute farce. Charlotte did apologize and Eddie Arengo, the referee from seven days ago, was also here and he made it very clear. Oh, Charlotte, I should never have done what I did. If I saw what Rhea Ripley had done, I would have given you a hug and made sure you didn't lose the match. 
down. So why do we even bother? There was no payoff at all. I mean, imagine this happening on any other TV show. Somebody gets fired from their job and the next day they just sneak back in. I mean, wasn't that a plot on Seinfeld? Because Larry David in real life had quit the set of Saturday Night Live and then he'd given the weekend to think about it and said, I should have done that. So he just returned to work. But that's a cute story. That's a one-off. You cannot play it like this. Also, I shouldn't have to go to those kind of lengths to justify it. We started a story to finish a story and nothing changed in between. Strowman was then yelling at Adam Pearce backstage, even though if he had used a normal volume, it would have sufficed. And this made me laugh as well, because Braun kept asking Adam Pearce questions. But when Pearce answered them, Braun was like, I already know the answer. I was like, dude, you ask him the questions. He also wants to be added to the title match at WrestleMania Backlash if he does beat Drew later. And reminded us that, hey, in that triple threat match a few weeks ago, it was Randy Orton that got pinned and not me. But that is not how it works. If you lose, you lose. But of course, Adam Pearce said, fine, we'll do that. Thank goodness for Seamus, I tell you. I mean, I don't really get what's happening because after he destroyed Humberto Carrillo last week, Humberto Carrillo was back again. Although this week he destroyed Seamus. But the reason I like it is because it kind of feels new and it kind of feels fresh. And Humberto smashed him with a suicide dive before walking off all like, yeah, I did it. And Seamus was so mad, he picked up a chair and threw it away. And I know, once again, we have just repeated what we did last week, but at least we're finally doing something with Humberto Carrillo, even though nobody will tell me where the hell he went. But I can handle it because it still feels like we're moving forward. I mean, we had to take a step back first, but as long as I end shifting in that direction, I will be pleased because at the moment for the rest of Raw, I don't think we're going anywhere at all. Also, Seamus, I just like him as you as champion, and I don't even know why. MVP then had a scoop. I don't know. Kevin Patrick found him and Bobby Lashley backstage, and that's what MVP said. Maybe he was talking about ice cream, but it's becoming really hard to care because I started to think, well, WWE will probably even forget they aired this. And then Rhea Ripley was talking, and she said, what a joke it was that Charlotte Flair is back on Raw. And I was like, yes, Rhea Ripley, you are 100% correct. Raw then fell down a hole. Because we went from talking segment to talking segment to talking segment to another talking segment. I know they do this all the time, but on this week, it just felt like they had no more ideas. And it's just not what I wanted to see. Unbelievably, I was like, oh, I hope I get a wrestling match. But no, we got another talking segment. Down. But it was our WWE champion and MVP out here to remind us that Drew McIntyre is like a piece of gum on your shoe in the sense that Bobby Lashley had already defeated him at WrestleMania, but now he's going to have to deal with him again at WrestleMania Backlash. The pair also offended that the company would even think about doing a triple threat match because that is so disrespectful to Bobby Lashley. And then they just threatened Drew McIntyre and Braun and they left. I said, wait a minute. I was promised a scoop and I got no scoop. Still, Bobby Lashley was very good here. I very much like him as our WWE champion. And honestly, I hope that he does win at the pay-per-view and can go into some kind of feud that he can really sink his teeth into. So just for him and his relationship with MVP is getting it up. Randy Orton then agreed to be Riddle's tag team partner. And I would say you couldn't write it, but WWE is actually writing it. I mean, all this after Riddle pissed him off so much last week, he wanted to kill him. Don't forget, that's what Randy Orton said. But once again, Riddle makes me laugh in spite of myself because Randy was trying to get across the point. Dude, you are so weird. I don't even know what planet you're from. And without missing a beat, Riddle went, 
Well, I'm from Earth. I suppose this is why it works as well, because you can feel Randy's pain, but also Orton is getting over the fact that Riddle is a really good professional wrestler. So we said to him, hey, I quite like that name, RK Bro. Let's have an audition later and see where we end up. Not gonna lie, this was the best thing on Raw. I mean, for some reason, I am properly intrigued by it, and Riddle reacted like a child that had just been told, hey, it's Thursday, but you can have some ice cream which may have been the MVP scoop he was talking about earlier. We then learned that Angel Garza is 100% being inserted into the women's tag team scene. I mean, I don't know about you, but I thought it was screaming for it. Because in short, Nia Jack, Shayna Baszler and Reginald were in the back when some dude walked up to Nia and gave us some flowers. And I was like, oh, Reginald, you're the best. I'm so happy. Until Angel Garza just zoomed into the frame and went, no, my love, it was me. I think you're so wonderful. So I bought you a rose. I mean, he even kissed Nia Jax and wished her luck in her match. And then when Reg and Nia were walking away, they saw Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. So Nia Jax just took the flowers and threw them at Mandy Rose. And Dana Brooke just looked on. I have no idea what is happening in this story anymore. We weren't allowed to leave the backstage area at all last night. So, of course, we had to have another segment. And this time it was Braun Strowman talking to MVP as Braun Strowman yelled in his face, I am definitely going to be at WrestleMania Backlash and I will be in the championship. Maybe Flubbin Will, who even knows? Okay, right, the next match, which we finally got after what felt like an hour. And once again, you just get something you're so excited about. And then WWE finds a way to also make you sad. Because we had the debut of RK Bro, which again, I was very into. But they were taking on Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, who these days have just become a bunch of losers. I mean, they once again were just wheeled out for five minutes so they could take the pinfall loss. But honestly, this relationship between Randy Orton and Riddle, it actually is pretty damn good. And for that reason alone, I'm giving it an up. It was short, which like I say, was a shame. But the whole point of this was to showcase RK Bro and prove that they can operate as a tag team. So when Randy Orton had smashed out a DDT, he tagged in Riddle, who hit the floating bro. And yes, they got their victory and they actually looked pretty good together. It got even more stupid afterwards because Riddle wanted a hug from his dad, but Randy was like, you ain't getting that. And the teasing here was actually sublime because it felt like Randy was just goading Riddle in to give him the RKO, but he didn't, and instead they just walked off as a pair. So please, please, please let this play out for ages before Randy Orton does turn on Riddle and reminds us what a prick he is. But of course, because it is raw, I look forward to seeing that next week. The ongoing women's tag team title feud that will never end then continued for like the 7,422nd day. Although now, Rhea Ripley and Oscar have just been snuck into it. And of course, we do this because WWE refuses to have separate stories in this division. That's why it's getting it down. It did mean that Rhea was teaming with Nia Jax and Shayna as Oscar was teaming with Lana and Naomi. And you already know what happened here. Lana and Naomi got absolutely murdered as they have been for the last few months, which begs the question, why do they keep getting opportunities? Given that Ripley is the women's champion too, I didn't understand the finish at all because she hit the riptide onto Lana and then just tagged in Nia Jax, let Nia hit a leg drop and she pinned Lana. And I was like, you're Rhea Ripley, you're the women's champion. You would not give a flub about Nia Jax. Halfway through two, Rose and Brooke came out so they could throw a bucket of water over Shayna Baszler, which of course led to Nia slipping in it. And apparently this was meant to be a funny prank and yet this was my face. 
And then afterwards, Sonya Deville punished Mandy Rhodes for doing this by saying she had to fight Charlotte later. <laughs> and do forget, this is one of the first interactions between Sonya Deville and Mandy Rhodes ever since their awesome feud last year. WWE, I'm just going to leave that little nugget of information with you. I'll just tell you now as well that Charlotte ruined both Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. She barely broke a sweat. She hit the natural selection. One, two, three. <laughs> it's getting it down. WWE then decided that they would start doing jump scares. I can only assume that somebody in the back has started playing Five Night at Freddy's. But we had Alexa Bliss's playground and she was doing all this relaxation stuff like, oh, look at the mountain and feel the sun on your face. When that flipping Lily jumped out and she screamed right into the screen. Now I hate jump scares. I'm a massive wuss and I didn't appreciate this. In fact, I got a little bit mad down. I also kind of think that all these skits have run their course because once again, like Raw overall, they just don't go anywhere. And also, where the hell is Bray Wyatt? Where the hell is AJ Styles? And where the hell is Omos? I get it, maybe they're injured or maybe they're ill or something terrible like that, and I hope that they're not. But you have to address it on the show because at the moment within the story, AJ Styles and Omos won the tag team championships and then went, you know what? I don't even care. I ain't going to work. Braun Strowman then actually did beat Drew McIntyre. And I can only fathom the reason that we did do this is that so we do do the triple threat match at WrestleMania Backlash, which allows Bobby Lashley to pin Braun Strowman, which means we can go back to doing Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. So that is so convoluted and stupid is getting it down. The match, however, was fine despite many, many distractions up. They just kicked the hell out of each other though. And there was this really cool bit when Braun Strowman gave a superplex to Drew McIntyre. And then he grabbed Drew's head and just shouted into his face, I am a monster. And if that was meant to be intimidating, it failed because once again, this bald asshole was laughing. Halfway through, Lashley and MVP also arrived. And of course they were there to cause the distraction. Like at one point, Bobby Lashley had the referee's attention. So MVP just Pull Drew McIntyre off of Braun Strowman's shoulders. T-Bar and Mace were then out here too because distraction, 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 distraction. And because they went after Drew McIntyre, and I don't know, MVP and Bobby Lashley were bored, Braun was able to hit the running power slam. He got the one, two, three, bring down the distraction board. It rolls up to 51. So yes, just to make it very clear, the main event of WrestleMania Backlash, I assume, is going to be Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. And I don't even mind that. What I mind is that for the last three weeks, Raw has been exactly the same. To the point that when it comes to next week, my brain says, well, don't watch it because you've already seen it. Why aren't we allowed to do new things, especially because we're coming out of the back of WrestleMania? That's when the season is meant to start again. So I hate doing this, but man, you've got to be honest. Raw overall has got to get a doubt. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.